Welcome back to the Jones Chronicles. I'm your host, Christina. We're back in our normal format. In case you missed it, last Sunday we tried to do a live stream. For all of those that voted, all six people of you, only two showed up. (laughs) So, it was all your fault for making me make the attempt. Uh, one of my companions on Twitter was like, I'm sure it wasn't so bad. You weren't there. Okay. It was awful. (laughs) I don't think I will be repeating the experience. I did schedule one out, but I don't really know if I'm going to do it. Maybe it could be a once a year thing. (laughs) Special occasion would need a lot more time to figure it out. Part of it was my fault, too. I I was considering the entire day if I was going to back the fuck out of it. And up until the last hour, I was going to until I saw one person waiting. And I am one of those people that really, that really hates to just leave someone hanging. (laughs) And I didn't cancel it or gave anyone a heads up. So I felt committed and here we are. I am so much happier to be behind a mic. I just, I don't like being on camera. It makes me weird. It makes me awkward. I don't like looking at myself. I already have a lot of weird quirks. My hair was in my eyeballs. I kept pushing it out. I just didn't know what to do with my hands. It's just, I I have a lot more respect for those that do it on... (laughs) a daily weekly basis because I I just don't it's not for me it's not for me Uh, maybe in another five to ten years (laughs) when I have more time in the world and I can do reactions and I actually learn how to edit videos or find myself a video editor that would be something in the future to uh, really plan a lot more thoroughly out that's the issue too i didn't have the right equipment so on and so forth but let's move on from that because we do have some interesting topics to talk about the first being and i do need to reiterate this one because i left it off on a cliffhanger on one podcast i discussed it on the live stream but then no one was there so February 14th is the date of a terrible tragedy in the Transvaal water park. I didn't like learning about this tragedy because I am going to a water park in August with my daughter. I've been to water parks, indoor water parks plenty of times. Never had anxiety about it. And then I fucking read this shit. (laughs) Granted, it was in one of the places that you would rather expect there's a certain areas in this country and outside of this country that i'm fully aware that their building projects would make me side eye them all the time pretty much anywhere outside the u.s but even no because there's places like uh california is big florida is another one that just has notorious buildings that are collapsing fucked up little oversight i watch a lot of uh 
Oh, what is his channel now? I it's it's skipping and my phone's far away right at this second for me to go look that up really quickly. Um, but he does uh, he does a lot of videos about tragedies and mostly it's about construction and shit. And so that's how I learned about these types of Archie's crime, crime something like that. But I watch another channel too that uh doesn't because he his is just tragedies and i watch another one that just talks about the construction i'll figure it out at some point and i'll let you know because i'm wow i am did not realize i am uh no it's dark records not archie's i have so many that's crazy right i have so many channels i have 118 channels i'm subscribed to how many channels are you subscribed to maybe i'm gonna put that out as a poll this week I'll be curious to know how many channels on YouTube people are actually subscribed to. And do you change them out like I do? Like sometimes I'll subscribe to something and then I'll keep getting things in my feed that I don't, I don't want to see. So I'll unsubscribe and then they'll do something that I do want to see and then I'll resubscribe. <laughs> or do you, are you just there for the whole, for the whole, uh, kit and caboodle of the experience? But yeah, that's, that's, I know YouTube is not the same as TikTok. Because <laughs> um, there are a few TikTokers. I know I'm already off the, off the, any type of cohesion here. Plainly difficult. I knew I was going to find it. I was looking through my list. That's why I was distracted. Plainly difficult has a lot of good. If you want to see just the ins and outs of just fuck ups, it's a good channel to go to. But yeah, I like learning about these topics that I would technically never search out. And I think it helps that they're, I don't know if this works for you, but the British, the more British or uh, anyone with an accent, <laughs> those channels have a tendency to uh ingest information more easily from i don't know why that is maybe because it just makes them sound more sophisticated because it's old older english than our our current english but i like uh, subscribing to those and i don't always search out the channels i end up subscribing to i just start watching one or two videos and then i'm like ah, i like the i like this narrator <laughs> i'm just gonna keep watching other shit that they do but anyway all the way back to this tragedy dear god what is it like in your funny little brain in 2004 the reinforced concrete dome of the water park called the transvaal water sports and entertainment complex that was built well, open anyway, in June of 2002, so two years later, suddenly collapsed. There were 400 people inside. As a result, 28 people died, including eight children, and 193 people, including 51 children, received injuries of varying severity. Many were left disabled. Worse, when they got outside, they're in their their swim shorts and swim suits when it is negative whatever is fucking russia <laughs> always cold as shit in my opinion 
so and and there's snow too they're walking around in snow and it's cold as hell and of course the response time wasn't the quickest there were long trials the investigation indicted the chief architect of the park nodar Kincelli, as well as the head of the moscow state non-departmental expertise and Toli veronin but the architect who never pleaded guilty received an amnesty in connection with the the tragedy so uh the criminal case against Vorenin ended up being dismissed by the moscow's prosecutor's office for lack of corpus delecti <coughs> bullshit it is pronounced dele- delicti by the way y'all know i can't say words correctly the first time it made me take me one two sometimes three to seven times to say a new word i haven't seen before to get it right what is not only did they no one was held responsible for this tragedy um worse the site now has the site of all this tragedy right people died here some bodies will never even recovered at, at this lot of land they built a new multifunctional family recreational complex called morion which opened in march of 2013 right on top of effectively a graveyard oh hell no this this is, is not okay there's children's leisure rooms a bath complex a cafe a business center oh and in case you missed the first memo about how a water park was what was the tragedy here they decided to build another fucking water park we do not care now this part of the story could not be substantiated by me I will link uh, the video that I watched this on, uh, learned about this, I should say, in the show notes. But I could not find any independent corroborating source about this. So I will reemphasize that part. Um, Because in the video, it was alleged that the Orthodoxy Church came out and effectively blamed the victims because february 14th is considered a holy holiday the holy martyrs and confessors michael and theodore are commemorated on september 20th the day of their martyr's death uh even though they died on september 20th they're honored on february 14th because <laughs> it's the translation of their holy relics in 1578 and on the Sunday before August 26th, which is the synaxis of the Moscow Saints. I don't follow the Orthodox Church, but that was the reasoning of why they died. As if that's somehow preordained. That makes it worse because the people there that night, you could tell they thought it was a bomb. They thought a bomb went off that the Americas or someone was fucking them up. Can you imagine that being your life i know that we have a lot to complain about in the u.s of a but i've stated in the in the uh, live stream is that some 
part of our our uh conflict is a result of us being very spoiled (laughs) it's a luxury of complaint in a sense and while that is a very controversial type of thing to say when these are very real topics like police violence police brutality black lives matter stop separating women from their children at the mexican border especially when we technically stole their land and then kicked them out and they're just trying to come home all these things we can get very polarized about but it is a luxury of not having to worry about where our water's coming from or it contaminating and killing our children or you know i watch uh the a few channels i like to watch them because they humble me quite frankly the Petrushevs and the what are they called the uh something with eu the Ulagovs, something to that effect but it actually explores life in rural russian places like the reindeer people i've brought it up before but now they're branching out to nepal and in other places that really their lives are so different they don't have the time to think about some of our more uh what do you want to call it uh hmm. social behaviors because they're too busy dealing with the basic act of survival you know i i would hate to wake up and the first thing i have to do before everyone else is go down to the well and get some water (laughs) and that's a 10 mile hike there and back carrying said water oh and that's just the first trip i'm gonna have to make that trip about 15 20 times today uh and then if you're a farmer you're out in the field um trying to pull from the land so that your family could eat it's it's crazy (laughs) how they're their whole idea of socializing is just having a meal that everyone can partake in and uh we just have a different different i'm not judging because i like my electricity i like my games i like my my tv i like i'm not saying the modern world we should just go oh no uh-uh. i'm i'm with my, my big boo 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 <laughs> simon when i say the past was the worst i I don't want to go back there and while we can sit here with all of our stuff i was actually watching something on the amish recently as well and look because we always think the grass looks greener on the other side but it doesn't it looks ideal because we're not actually doing it (laughs) we're just seeing the benefit of the wholesome culture and look all the people are nice and close with their family and we're not thinking about the indoctrination part and the shunning and all the other things that go into we always idolize things that are not us and the same thing when i'm looking at those uh videos about people over there oh man you don't have to worry about this and that and the other thing and you look so happy and da 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 i'm like that's still a fairy tale version of what you're not built for that life rather you want to go be that you're simply not built for that life because your society has not conditioned you for it so as much as you can fantasize about living that simpler bit you wouldn't last and then sometimes the people that's in there yeah 
they may want to but the same thing happens with their society one guy will go off i I don't want to be a radio hunter go into the town have an apartment electricity the regular life they get a good job and then they're just like fuck this i want to go back to the simplicity because i don't because they're not conditioned for modern modernization they're conditioned from a different uh idea of what it means to be a human so all of that fantasizing and fetishizing we do is only just our uh wish to alleviate certain stressors that aren't stressors there that doesn't mean that the stress is gone it just means it's replaced with a different stressor that you yourself will not be capable of handling because you're not built for it it's not to say you cannot not get built for it but you can easily do that where you're at and you don't have to go off in the middle of the desert to do it on the planes of existence even amish i learned for all their supposed shunning of uh technology which is not even true they they still have their modern conveniences if it's something that's going to help the community it's more like they make conscious decisions on which technology they're going to use not that they're not going to use it <laughs> there are millionaires that are amish just put that just put that in your head and let it let it uh sprout for a little bit and see where it takes your thought process there are Amish people in this world that are literal millionaires and will never know their name because they'll never advertise it because that's not part of their faith. But how does that change who they are in their communities? We'll never know. We'll never know. But I don't believe that the whatever enlightenment idea that you subscribe to, there's always the reality and then the... um Not fantasy, because I do believe some people adhere to very strictly those those beliefs but the the hierarchy of society is something that i think is so ingrained in our dna that there's nothing that's going to yes you can try to um in your best ways mitigate it but it's (laughs) it simply finds other ways of of manifesting itself And the same is said of that culture because we get some of those stories like the church of Scientology as well, where we get those stories of people coming out and they, they're like, yeah, it was not quite what they were selling everyone. Ruby Farias, this story popped up a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago, but he is 25. He appeared to be found after being classed as missing for eight years y'all are gonna go crazy about where he was found he spoke to a community activist named quinell x i uh was not quite sure why the community activist was speaking out on behalf of this grown man until i realized that he is uh a mouthpiece effectively for Farius, who hasn't been missing all this time but at home forced to sleep in his mother's bed and be her quote husband yes they deserve to die and i hope they burn in hell farius alleges his mother janine santana was drugging and sexually assaulting him for years often using hallucinogens or yeah is that did i say that right hallucinogens 
Quanell was present when Faria spoke to authorities, but said the young man was unable to speak when Santana was there. After she left the room, Faria spoke freely to Quanell. Faria said during his alleged imprisonment, he was made to sleep in Santana's bed, often naked, and he was forced to, quote, play daddy with her. Quanell said that he didn't want to go into detail about the kissing, but added, quote, if your mother is tongue kissing you in the bed with her naked, what the hell is that? Quote, or question mark, this is sick, end quote. Rudy said that he was, quote, tired of her not respecting boundaries, end quote. He said he was living like a slave. I honestly believe, based on what he was saying to us, Cornell stated he was drugging, she was drugging the hell out of this kid, and she convinced him he was originally in trouble for initially running away, end quote. The community activist said that the young man's body has scars all over it, quotation marks and emphasize that he would need psychological help he's a good kid that kid was just severely abused quinnell said that he was shocked that no arrests had been made i'm shocked no arrests have been made but i understand the idea of substantiating the story versus just believing what the person stated but i would think with i mean yeah that's a, that's a lot and i think that Quite frankly, though, if uh, this kid was a female instead of a male, she would have been arrested already. But because we keep thinking that <laughs> that sexual assault against men must be in some way complicit because we don't we don't put as much. Uh, we don't judge women in the same light as men when it comes to could they be capable of this, which is crazy to me because history has shown that women are just as capable of being vicious as men are. There's no line drawn there. There may be different tactics involved, but very much capable of doing just this type of thing. And to do it to your child, it just reminds me of the other case. I don't even want to say the people's name, this guy's name, because it's, uh, but I'm sure if you Googled it enough, you can find the guy who basically kept his daughter in a locked basement through several rooms, like built a whole type of house down in his basement. He needed three doors to get down to where she was at, told his wife that she ran away then went down there after sexually assaulting her, mind you, for most of her life. Then when she was 18 and she could escape him, she he decided that, no, I'm, well, actually, she ran away, came back, and then he trapped her in the basement so she could never leave again. This is his daughter. She was born into a life to believe that her mother and her father are her protectors and she is to love them because that's what mainly a child wants to do with their parents that it's it's a critical need to be loved and accepted by them and this man completely this that's why i don't subscribe to the idea that life is meant to be happy the fuck it is life is fucking life and it's cruel it's cruel as shit because she was just born and the one person that was supposed to be protecting her didn't 
And not only that, she had four children, five children almost by this person. One of them died, I believe. Uh, but they were raised in a basement, the children. Think of that, the next generational trauma that they can't, they couldn't even see light. They've been stuck in darkness, semi-darkness all their lives. They don't have the skills that they should need. You know, it's filthy down there. He would give her a little bit of water, but then he would take it away. He would do things like shut off the power for days on end if she acted up or tried to act as if she was, you know, asking for something additional more like, hey, can I get something for my child over here? That's technically, you know, an incest baby. And the worst part and the saddest part is that, because I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what is the mama doing? It'd be easy to blame the mom, but she was, this guy was physically abusive too. He's mentally, physically, every kind of abusive. He, 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 he made hell on earth in his household. So when he would bring these children and say, hey, our daughter that ran away, just dropped this kid off. Because sometimes he would bring the kids up and let his wife raise them. Uh, which is, uh, the whole situation is just fucked. So fucked. I, I, I was trying to imagine as I was listening to the story and I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. And you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to imagine life like that. It's inhumane. It's out of the realm of norm. And yet it is far more normal than we will ever, ever acknowledge. Let's move on to something a little bit lighter, but not less controversial. Because <laughs> Mimi asked me about the... Uh, Blue Vein Society, because we, of course, you know, me and Mimi exchange a lot of Instagram reels. And one of those Instagram reels was in regards to uh, the, the, the Egyptian problem going on right now, <laughs> which is trying to deny every bit of Nubian culture. We say black, but technically it is Nubian is what they would have been to consider themselves as people. Their influence in Egyptian culture, like people are really trying to correlate a line between the white Western civilized world and because there's Western history and then or Western society too. And then there's everyone else. And right now the Western story has dominated Granted, that's only been fairly recently, but <laughs> how Florida right now is trying to change all their books to say that, hey, we gave slaves skills to help them in their their new life. Fuck you. Fuck you. And you, and you. The world very much is actively trying to rewrite history, some parts of the world. And they definitely want that history <laughs> to be a hundred percent close as it possibly can to the Caucasian side of the equation, which is uh, rather sad, considering the the very rich non-Western history <laughs> that is far more prolific and dominant in Egyptian culture than than the Ptolemaic dynasty, which is connected to greece which is connected to rome which is connected as the continuation of the western world yada 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 uh it goes back to religion too, christianity 
being finally accepted in Rome. It's a, it's a clusterfuck. But, uh, it's a whole bunch of bullshit. It's a whole bunch of bullshit. And even us black Americans have been caught up in said fuckery. Colorism in the U.S. was popularized by Samuel Stanhope Smith. In 1787, he spoke to the American Philosophical Society about color. He said that domestic servants who were closer to white people became more attractive, lighter, and the people who worked in the fields were farthest away, had strange bodies and hair. Slaveholders agreed that there was a color hierarchy. They thought that the lighter an enslaved person was, the better they were and the more they paid for them. Light people often worked in the house while dark people worked outside in the fields because slaveholders thought that light people were more skilled. The hierarchy was white, light, dark, and then animal. However, some enslavers thought that mulattoes, mixed race people, were worse than dark people because there's the whole idea that black and white should not mix together. Never mind, most of those slaveholders would also talk on the other side of their mouths by fucking black women and making mulatto babies. America! 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 America. Fuck yeah! And despite what they was preaching, you know, would take those mulatto babies because they got part of their DNA in them depending on who you are, but a lot of esters did this. It's more more common than not. Uh, and they would raise them along with their white children, give them certain benefits, and then effectively indoctrinate them to the idea that they themselves are a class above their black counterparts. So it's called separation of the races by creating a hierarchy in said race. Contradictorily, mulattoes were slightly better treated or given privileges like serving in the inner chambers of the house on the plantation and getting gifted discarded clothing of the white master and his wife. So in a good number of countries on the hierarchical chain, while the whites occupied the top position, kind of like what I stated, they were followed by the mulattoes and then the darkies, so to speak. With the rank came access to wealth, education, health, economic empowerment and security. Some masters would grant their mulatto children, as in the case, if you watched uh interview with the vampire, I think it's one of the few things that mostly the Caucasian people that were reviewing the show rather missed uh, was the fact that the titular character they made as a light skinned Caucasian man. And then you notice that his family was also rather uh, I say rather with quotation marks, uh, lighter, but that his father was granted uh, the plantation and he ran the plantation where he had black slaves on said plantation. These things happen. They exist. And a lot of those, those lighter skinned people would evolve into particular New Orleans into a, uh, a far more prominent section. What did they used to call them? It wasn't the Octoroons. Uh, that's a whole other. There's a lot of labels for black people in the past about how they segregated us, even amongst the segregation of white people and themselves. Uh, but there's, um, damn, I can't remember of it, but there would be, there would be light skinned 
black women that would marry into the uh, white society and would also be treated as a second wife. I think we've covered that before. Actually, we have covered that before on this channel. Um, Light people tried to keep dark people away from them. Therefore, in the 19th century, this thing called the Blue Vein Society came into existence. There was more than one blue vein, blue vein society and each excluded anyone whose skin was too dark to see the blue other veins through it. Light was a privilege that people wanted to keep. society was formed by upwardly mobile african-americans whose skin was light enough to allow them to pass as white or the blue vein test as i already mentioned there's also the paper bag test which was a test in which one's skin was compared to that of a paper bag only those who were the same color as the bag or lighter could gain membership to the group they were trying to join the blue veins themselves note that character and culture were the only things that uh, considered and that if most of their members were light colored it was because such persons as a rule had better opportunities to qualify themselves for membership so what we effectively have is a group of already segregated out people for the the color of their skin not on the quality of people that they are and because of the color of the skin they're given opportunities that their darker counterparts were not given and then using that to empower themselves they they uh consolidated that part of their society and decided to move forward into bettering not only themselves but their future generations and I know on the surface of this, this is very easy to judge, right? I think that we even now in society have, and it's been brought up, you know, I, I think one of my examples is Tandaway Newton, who came out and was just made a comment of, you know, I never wanted to disrespect my dark black mother. Uh, and if I've done anything to, to, you know, make it seem by taking certain parts that could have been given to darker women. I think that you can't fix the problem that was already started years ago. And that issue, it always comes down back to the, the, the main, main, uh, perpetuator of that is the white societal mindset. So when I talk about indoctrination, I think people, have a tendency to to dismiss it as well you have a choice you should see what's wrong this that and the other thing but when you have grown up with an idea it is not quite as simple as oh here's another idea that contradicts that i'm gonna now be an enlightened person and move on and move forth that is naive that is being someone can, who can uh, objectively look at your situation and judge your actions. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't think anyone can answer the question of what you would do in this situation. 
especially if you were one of those people that could pass the paperback test. I don't think it's their fault for being born lighter. I think that they use the only advantage they could in society to get somewhere in society to make themselves and their lives better. And it is a rather selfish thing, but we are all still struggling to become less selfish as humans. That's the human struggle is becoming less and less selfish, even because quite frankly, in my opinion, I think that's the natural basis of any human is uh, we work together in the hunter gatherer societies because we had to, for us to be successful, we all needed to be successful. But then the minute that we had social hierarchy that came into existence, well, then we didn't need to do that anymore. And then we became fractured into whichever, whether it's race, religion, uh, political societies, affiliations, thought processes, whatever the case may be, we are now sectioned off in us versus them. Uh, that's always been the, the, the basis of, and then the enlightenment is, um, is coming out of that selfishness, but it is still, I think all of the psychologists and psych, whatever professionals, higher degrees than me all agree that it is, uh, us versus them is always the starting point of any, um, psychological awareness and these people effectively did that. And it's sad that you would have them turning against their own family. Cause I'm sure everyone that they were related to couldn't pass this test. You don't know what you're going to be born. I mean, you can, we all know about genetics now, <laughs> at least some of us do to know that, you know, just because you and a, and a light man get together, doesn't mean you're going to have a light baby. You know, you could come out with a nice chocolate baby and y'all both be high yellow. That's just, we, we know now with science that that is, you know, not uh, an indication of anything about how better, but it, 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 it is a fascinating tale of how one uses the things that they have to accomplish the things that they do. And part of that is being told by society that, that, that you are, not a part of that group. And I think it bleeds into now because a lot of it, it is, it's still, I know it does. There's a huge, like my mom, for an example, because it's better when I use my own examples, is darker skinned. I would consider her mother rather, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd be passing the paper brown test, but I would say she's a little bit lighter than that. Uh, and then her brother was light skinned and she grew up saying, you know, oh yeah, um, my mother treated him differently because he was lighter skinned. Now, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I do know my mother. She's a little hysterical and she kind of looks for things to support her narrative half the time. So I don't, I can't say that didn't happen, but I will, I can see that what she stated going to high school is that people had a tendency to not hang with the darker kids they hanged with the lighter kids because they were supposedly the ones that were going to be more successful so in the 60s this was still going on as far as uh 
separating even black darker black people because now they have that history hanging over them of what they used to do so now they have a certain grudge and resentment against lighter skinned people because they do feel that they're going to be treated better in society and honestly it kind of almost feels like it is you know it, it it has been more prevalent now the only difference is is a lot of light-skinned people aren't perpetually or purposely going out under this blue vein society idealism but they are benefiting from it based on these old premises if that made any sense so now I understand a little bit more of why Tandaway would come out and say that because this might have been something she was unaware of. Um, and other light skinned actors or actresses. But then where is the line? Where do we draw the line? Do, should I not take a part? Because, hey, there's five other darker skinned black women here and I was offered the part, but I'm not going to take the part because five other darker skinned black women should have it. Like, I think that there's still too much convolution in this conversation but we don't we have it in such negative and um volatile ways that we're not finding any understanding or forgiveness because when i first heard that i know my base reaction was holy shit that's fucked up why would they do that (laughs) that certainly doesn't preach the idea of uh community as we have say the black wall street right but in other ways on the flip side of that what we don't really know is did those people use their wealth or their uh their um accumulation of certain things in white society to better their blacker counterparts because there are a lot of people out in history that I think I know of one. I can't remember her name. Sorry. But she was a, a, a mulatto. And then she got a business. She used her her privilege, so to speak. And that and that's another thing. We're telling right people right now, white people, use your privilege to help because you automatically have that privilege. I think that there may need to be an opening, a cracking of that same concept applied to our mulatto or lighter skin counterparts and because we didn't really we focus on the 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 that part of it we don't really have enough evidence quite frankly to to assist to uh what's the word i'm looking for assess what that because I'm sure there were people, of course, there's always those that fully signed up and this is what they believe and they think they're better than people. But there are black people who think they're better than other black people. There are black people that are better than other black people. Let's just. <laughs> um, that's just how it is. Look, some people will be out there acting wild and stupid. And there are some that are a little bit more emotionally intelligent. And I think that these are qualities that are not necessarily uh, assimilated with or, or correlating with your race just you as a person but it, it's uh it's a conversation and I would love to get people from both sides of the conversation in because I think talking more about it and educating ourselves more about it is 
and understanding is how we reconcile versus just an us versus them because i'm wondering again those whiter lighter people could have had darker kids that benefited from their prejudice or somewhat prejudice idea parents and then went on to take their wealth to better the community who knows we don't know the whole story this is why i always say history is gray people are gray we want to we want to because it's easier for our brains to go black white good evil it has to be a duality because we're not comfortable with the uncomfortable truth that it's far more complicated and far more complicated reaching because it requires our brains to critical think and our brains are lazy they don't like to it burns too many calories we are a society of people who like to be told what our place is instead of creating what our place is if you have stories as stated blackercouch at gmail.com i would love to hear the stories uh different perspectives on it because i do think that this is something uh that can be a barrier right now to our own success as an african-american well black community because i made a mistake last week and said that i was uh or was it the previous podcast that i was from the the oh man i was misremembering my and i should have looked at it (laughs) my my demographic because i was thinking i was from the uh because well actually i know because i re re reevaluated but there are two different groups in africa some went west of my group to the Swahili coast and some actually stayed where they are. And my, my story actually is one of, uh, conquering. So where I, I'm, I'm, if I have to ethnically stay who I am, I'm Nigerian and Western Cameroon and Bantu speaking. That is the majority of my DNA. I'm not American, not even african-american <laughs> technically i would be nigerian okay i'm nigerian and my peoples uh while very successful for a very long time around the uh, uh through some some troubles and some times with our own people were sold into slavery so that that that's uh is is a thing <laughs> my my quest has my story of how my peoples ended up in slavery have kind of nothing to do with the white man yeah the slavery uh atlantic slave trade very much profited the white man more than anything else but more likely than not my ancestors were sold into slavery by africans uh i think i was trying to bring that up before but um what was my point here i think my point was is that we all need to take a little bit more of a insight into where we come from and actually how where we came from tells a different narrative to the ones that are even being told by our own people Uh, when i talked to mimi about the blue blood society or blue vein society she didn't know what that meant so that means that we still have stories we have yet to tell ourselves 
And if that information is still out there, then we have still much more to learn as a group, as a society, as a people. And uh, the more we can accept the cultural contradictions, the more we can accept, (laughs) I think, um, our current scenarios and how we got to those places so we can better we could better discuss how we get better, but the ignoring and changing of history, that shit is on the rise. And we need to really, really pay attention and get informed about what the truth actually is. I'll be back next week with another Jones Chronicles when we'll discuss uh, a little bit more African history. Uh, We'll find out who is the Judith of Ethiopian literature. We'll also uh, discuss Queen Amina, who is someone that deserves some recognition. We'll also talk about how uh, how in society the role of women has changed so dramatically from what was naturally, in my opinion, nature's natural uh, natural makeup of how the matri- matriarchy has been manipulated into a patriarchy and how that has effectively been the been some of the tragedy in the human story and how even in monkey and ape society, the success of that shows what happens when natural hierarchy is displaced by said patriarchy. It's it's a, it's a it's a fascinating topic, at least from my own observations, because that's what it's mainly going to be for, and a, and some knowledge. So if you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouchatgmail.com. My social media will be below. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>